real quick before we dive into this episode of the podcast. Be sure to grab your free PDF copies of my latest books at frugal.show forward slash free. Now on to the show. Did you know that creating an income online or adding a new revenue stream to your business has never been easier? Have you ever considered taking your knowledge, skills, and expertise and converting it into a course that you can sell online? Introducing Learn Worlds. Learn Worlds makes it easy to create, host, and sell beautiful online courses that have an impact. With Learn Worlds' intuitive platform and a wealth of resources to educate yourself, you're only a few steps away from building a thriving online business in the booming knowledge economy. Visit trylearnworlds.com forward slash free to start your 30-day free trial. Welcome to the Frugalpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah St. John, and my guest today is the founder of Learning Revolution. He has helped a long list of organizations maximize the reach, revenue, and impact of their education business. Welcome to the show, Jeff Cobb. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Well, can you give us a little bit of your background and how you got into this area of business? Yeah, I'm sort of a both an accidental entrepreneur and accidentally fell into this particular world of entrepreneurship I'm in. I was actually working on a PhD eons ago and got involved with a company doing e-learning during the dot-com days. And they were signing contracts with universities to do you know, video and web courses with their professors. And I got all caught up in that. And that was a great ride and managed to get out of there before everything fell apart. And that's when I started creating my own companies, basically. So I, in the past, I've had a company that created a, an online course platform and was an online course development company and did that for a while. And then we sold that company, worked for the company that bought us for a while. And then the last 15 years now, the, the current company that I have, we focus really on the the market for adult lifelong learning, continuing education, professional development. And we have multiple channels. We do that in learning revolution is probably the one that's most relevant here. And that's really focused on helping subject matter experts really transform into edge so people can reach a larger audience, have a bigger impact and generate more revenue as they monetize their expertise. That's what I'm all about is, you know, how does learning happen and how do people who have the expertise leverage that expertise and, and and take it to help others learn and of course create income while doing that. I like that word you used, edupreneur. I haven't heard that before. Mm. I like anything that ends with preneur. So I was looking at your website and there were some things I wanted to ask you about, like 15 ways to validate online course idea. Cause I actually have I'm working on a course right now. So I, I'm just curious if you could go over some of those ways to validate. Yeah. I mean it's been a while since I've looked at that particular post. So I may not nail it, but the whole post is rooted in the idea that, you know, before you go out and sign up for a platform or, you know, start cutting videos or anything else, you need to make sure there's a market for for what it is you want to offer. Even if you've got great expertise in a particular subject area, you're probably going to have to position that and find the right group of people to put that in front of and figure out whether, you know, the demand is really there for it to make sense for you to make a course, basically. So a lot of ways to do that. I mean, one of my favorite ways is just variations on search you know, ways that you can use search. Obviously, you can use Google, take the different topics to the the phrases that relate to your topic, put them into quotes, but put them not in quotes, do a lot of searching to see kind of what's going on, what's coming up with that. Are you seeing other people who seem to be 
doing courses or information type products in the area that, that you're doing them in, that's actually a good sign. You, you, you don't want to go into an area where there's just nothing going on because it means there's probably not a market. There are ads or they're paid ads for the sort of topical area that you're targeting. That's another good thing to look for. And then don't just use Google, you know, go to places like Amazon, you know, search on Amazon and, and see what's bubbling up in your particular topic there. Are there eBooks? Does there seem to be a, you know, a thriving market for your topic? Go to course sites like Udemy. Udemy is one of the greatest market research tools there is right now because they've got you know hundreds of thousands of course creators there, millions of students. You can get a feel for what's working and, and what's not. And so just a lot of ways. I mean, another big way is you're in the process of thinking about a course is to get out there with some form of, of pilot. You know, don't go produce the whole thing. R- run a webinar series around your particular topic. See what kind of response you get from your audience, what kind of feedback you get. See if you can actually charge people for that. If you can't charge your initiated hardcore fans for, say, a, a three-session webinar-type course, you're going to have a hard time charging anybody else. So have that dialogue with your with whatever current audience you have. It might just be 10 people, but do the searching, get out there with a sort of a minimum viable product and, and just really do the work to figure out what's going to work in the marketplace. Don't just assume I've got this expertise the world wants it and they're going to pay for it and go out and produce a course. That's interesting about the webinar approach, the paid webinar, like uh, a three course or three video type of thing. I Mm -hmm. hadn't thought about that before. I've heard a lot about pre-sailing though, which is currently what I'm doing where you're working on the course. It's not all complete, but you're pre-selling it at a discounted rate just to kind of validate the idea to get the money to fund it. And then basically the biggest issue is to not waste a bunch of time creating something that maybe no one will buy anyway. So Yeah. And I mean, if you've got enough of an audience where you can go out and do that kind of pre-selling, that's fantastic. And and one of the lessons that that I preach, I mean, people who work with experts preach this, is you just really need to consistently be thinking about how are you building that audience? How are you getting those people who you can put these ideas in front of and, and be able to test those ideas. Mm-hmm. And you had mentioned Udemy, and that's one place I was originally considering. But I hear mixed things. What are your views on that? Because I know that you don't have as much control over pricing, and they always mm-hmm. do these big discounts. So you might be making 10 bucks or something per course that you could charge maybe 100 or 500 or whatever for. But then at the same time, they have the audience and the traffic and the if you were selling something on Amazon versus like your own little store. So there's that advantage. Yeah, I consider Udemy great for two things. One is if you've just never done anything like this before and you just need a good structure to get yourself started, get a course up there, get it into a place where it can be sold. Udemy is fantastic for that. I mean, they've got a great intake process for subject matter experts who want to create a a course, good guidance for doing that. The tools are are easy to use so you can get something up there pretty quickly. And often that's the biggest thing for anybody who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur is you can get really bogged down thinking about what your course is going to be or what platform you need or, or, or all that stuff. Just do it. Just go to Udemy and get it in there and do it. And that's a great thing to get you off the block. So that's one good use of of Udemy. But then beyond that, Udemy for me is really good for content marketing, basically. So, you know, put something in there that's, you know, representative of your expertise, the tremendous value you can deliver, that you're okay with it being sold at a low price because it's going to be sold at a low price on Udemy, like you were saying, Sarah. I mean, it becomes kind of a commodity there. So this is probably something relatively small, represents only a portion of your value and build in ways that you're going to bring people from that Udemy course to your list, assets on, on your site, because that's the main issue with Udemy 
well, it's one of two issues. One, like you said, you don't control pricing or it's, it's very hard to control pricing if you really want to get the, the benefit of Udemy's marketing efforts on your behalf. And the other is you don't get your user data. You know, so Udemy is getting all that data, the, the email addresses, the contact information for your learners, not you. So you want to use it as a tool to, to drive people to you to get onto your list so that you can then bring them into your your higher value, higher priced offerings. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't heard of that before where at the end of your course or something, you could say, if you want to learn more, get more in-depth training or whatever, go to this website or sign up for this thing. Or is that, and you're allowed to do that, I guess. It can be that that type of thing. You have to be a little bit careful with it, but you can do that sort of thing at the end. You can do it even in the midst of the course, and this is probably better where you know, you're know you going into a particular topic and you, and you say, look, I'm giving you everything you need here, but if you want to go deeper, if you really want some extra value on this, you want to knock it out of the park on this particular topic, go download this checklist or whatever it is that you've got over on your website that they're going to have to actually put in an email address to get. Be thinking about those sorts of opportunities. I mean, you need to be clearly adding value you know, to, to the learning situation to, to get people to even do that in, in the first place. But think about where are those opportunities in whatever you're going to put on Udemy or Skillshare or any of these other sites like that, that is going to help bring your learners closer to you and, and give you that contact information. Wow. That's a really good idea. I think I'm going to do a smaller basic training and then do what you said. You're getting the traffic and the audience and the benefit, I guess, of Udemy, but then you're yeah. providing an opportunity to get the information from those people to add them to your email list and maybe sell them a more extensive course and whatnot. So that's awesome. One idea I had thought of, and I don't know if this is even something you can do or should do, but was like selling the whole course that I'm creating for whatever, 100, 500, whatever. But then mm-hmm. taking bits of it, breaking it down into smaller bite-sized type courses, and then uploading those to Udemy to sell at their discount rates. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? That's definitely an approach to, to doing it. I mean, any course you create, you should try to create it in, in chunks that can be separated out and used in, in different ways. And one of those uses definitely is in Udemy. You know? So if, if you're creating like a course that has five major parts to it, think about how you can you know, take part one or part two and, and make it something that is freestanding, that doesn't necessarily require the other parts. Because you don't want to put all the parts on, on, on Udemy. I mean, you could, I guess, but really the point is you want to just demonstrate your value on Udemy and then, and then pull those people to you. But be thinking about that. I mean, one of my mantras at um, Learning Revolution and really across my work is just everything is a production event. So you know, whenever you're doing anything, whenever you're doing you know, what we're doing right now, think of the ways you're going to leverage it. And that's certainly true if you're going to put all the effort into creating a course. Think about all the points of leverage in that course, how you can chunk it out into smaller courses, how you can use pieces of it for content marketing, whatever it is that you can get out of it. But just always be thinking about it because your whole focus is on being you know, the frugalpreneur, not having to overspend or put too much effort in. So you want those points of leverage and always be looking for leverage when you're producing something and making sure you're thinking about all of the, the opportunities for that content. Mm-hmm. And then I know another thing you talk about on your website is how to choose the right platform for your course or your membership. And there's a bunch of them out there. It seems like a new one's popping up every day or every month, at least. It's a hot market. I guess when someone is trying to figure out what platform to be on, what recommendations or suggestions you have in determining that. I mean, the first thing is take a deep breath because it can be confusing and you can get overwhelmed pretty quickly. You know, your, your platform decision 
is not a life decision. You can change if you need to down the road. So don't stress about it too much or let it hold you up. Beyond that, I tell people, first of all, to, to really start with strategy what I mean by that really is being clear about kind of, you know, what kind of business you are. Most people here, I think, in your audience are going to be the sort of, you know, solopreneurs, very small businesses. But then they're, you know, they're bigger training firms, they're trading professional associations, they're all sorts of people who are in the course selling business. And if you look at the platforms that are out there, they align to those to a certain degree. So you want to make sure you're picking a platform that's truly aligned for the type of business you are, which sounds like a simple thing, but people get mucked up on it all the time and end up picking something that just really is not right for what they're trying to do. But then beyond that, in terms of thinking strategically, you need to think about, okay, who are you selling to? What does that buying process look like? The reason I say that, or key reason I say that is, for example, for Edupreneurs, most people are thinking, okay, I've kind of got my tribe. I'm going to sell course registrations to people in my tribe. But one of the biggest opportunities right now for entrepreneurs is to sell to corporations, to sell to organizations, because it's a lot easier to sell 200 seats at once, one deal than it is to sell one by one, 200 seats in a course. So if that's the case, if you want to go after that market, that's automatically going to narrow down the types of platforms you can use because a lot of platforms are not going to work very well for that. There are some decision points around that and that we can go into detail if you want. But really think about who you're selling to and, and what that buying process and what that delivery process needs to look like for them can clarify a lot. And then you have to think about, and this is again, sort of staying in that strategy realm, what kind of learning outcomes are you actually trying to achieve? And how are, and again, to go back to the selling question, how do you need to do that? So for example, if you want to do a you know self-paced on-demand course, the kind of thing that can be evergreen, people can come sign themselves up for and you know go through whenever, that's great. That's sort of the you know the pipe dream for for a, a lot of entrepreneurs. But if you're doing that and you want to actually create behavior change, you want people to actually change their behavior, not just get some information and hope they do something with it, then you're going to need some features that are going to support that. You're going to need some learning tools that are really going to help people absorb the information and apply the information. You're going to need you know, some good self-testing and quizzing capabilities. You might need some gamification capabilities. You might want to build in some discussion type capabilities or ways that they can communicate with you in, in, in certain circumstances. So really think about what those learning outcomes you're trying to achieve are who you're selling to, what that needs to look like for the person buying and for the learners that they're representing, if they're not just representing themselves. Once you start to do that pretty methodically, it starts to clarify really quickly whether a certain platform is going to work for you or not. And you know, this is the kind of thing I write a lot about. I've got a lot of history in helping organizations pick platforms. If anybody wants you know, a, a guide and a spreadsheet to support them in doing that, you can go to learningrevolution.net slash free guide and, and, and get all of that. Be methodical about it. Go through a process. Think through those strategic points because they will clarify for you what's really going to work as a platform. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out myself. So when you were talking about selling a course to like a university, I guess, what do you mean by that? Like you're selling it to the university at maybe like a higher rate than a per person rate so that they can then show it to all the students or can you explain that more? I'm thinking really more of like a corporate buyer than, than a university buyer. Un university is kind of a different ball of uh, of wax and there there are opportunities there too. But let's say you're selling to like a Fortune 500 company. You're a leadership expert. You've got a great leadership training program that would be a fit for their up and coming employees. And your average corporation, may, you know, maybe they've got 500 up and comers identified. They'd like to put them all through a first rate leadership training course. Well, if you go to that company and say, I've got this course, you know, they're going to have somebody there who's a buyer for training. 
And they're going to say, well, you know, we've got our own learning management system where we put people through these types of courses and can track it and everything. Are we going to be going to be able to put your course on that learning management system? And you have to be able to say yes or no. Well, if you've built your course in, in the average online course platform, the answer is no, you're not going to be able to do that. So then the next option might be, okay, well, we're open to sending them out to you, but can you give us a way to mass enroll them easily into your course and allow us to track what they're doing in the course and whether they're being successful or not? And again, some platforms are going to do that. A lot of them are not. So you start like whittling down very quickly to the ones that are going to be able to do that for you. And this is a matter of understanding your market. If you're not somebody who's in a position to go and make those sorts of sales to a large company or, or a small company, you know, for that matter, or you're just not interested in doing that. You just want to sell to the, the individuals, then it matters a lot less and you have a lot more latitude in your, in your platform decision. But to the extent that that is part of what you think you may want to do to really build your business and, and scale it up, you want to be thinking about that and you want to understand how in your market decisions about purchasing online training are made, who makes them and what how is that training typically delivered in the types of companies that, that you would be serving? I hadn't even ever thought of that idea or even knew that that was a thing where you could sell to corporations and whatnot. So I'm curious what platforms do allow you to mass enroll. I mean, there are variations on it, like a platform like Thinkific, for example, will allow you to have cohorts and groups that can be set up and you can give some visibility into those cohorts and groups from people outside and you can issue like a, a, a coupon or something like that. So an individual employee could come and redeem it and get into the, the course. There are also platforms that are that sort of span the traditional corporate training space and the more entrepreneurial edu- space. One that I often highlight is a, a platform called Talent LMS. It's got the e-commerce features. You could sell to individuals with it, but you can also do that selling into corporations. It supports e-learning standards, you know, all, all of those sorts of things. So it's kind of kicking up to a different level. As you might expect, that's going to come with a little bit higher price tag than just going out and, and licensing Thinkific or, or something like that. But if it means you're going to be able to sell, you know, 500 seats at a time, it's going to be well worth it. And, it, and it's still like in a reasonable price range. It's not like going out and spending tens of thousands of dollars for a, a system. The other possibility and something I encourage entrepreneurs to do is to build your courses in a way in, in, in the first place that they're not dependent on the platform. So build them in an e-learning authoring tool. And by that, I mean tools like Articulate Storyline, or even something like Camtasia can create a, a course that according to e-learning standards. And the reason you do that is it makes it possible to pull that course into really any platform that complies with standards. And they're now starting to be platforms. One that I talk about a good amount is one called Course Container, where you, you put your courses onto it and they can be pulled from there into any company's platform, into your own LMS or your own learning management system or course platform, and it's all trackable. You can see what's happening with it. Your stuff is just in one place. You're not having to send it everywhere. You update it in one place. You have complete control over how it's accessed and by who, and you can really kind of sell in any way you, you want. But that requires building the courses in an authoring tool outside the specific platform. Gives you ultimate freedom, gives you ultimate portability, it's a little bit more of a learning curve up front to understand how to do that and to create courses that way. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't even know something like that existed. I'm learning so much. So the this whole selling to a corporation, that's interesting. So let's say you're selling a course for just $100, just to make it a nice mm-hmm. round number per individual, but then you sell it to a corporation who has 500 employees that are going to watch it. I assume you give them some kind of group discount or something. How would the pricing, I guess, work? 
for something like that? Yeah. I mean, typically you're going to have thresholds. Mm-hmm. So up to say 25 people, you don't give them any discount and they just pay for that. But then beyond that, they get maybe a 5% discount up to a hundred and then beyond beyond a hundred, they get a 10% discount. So you usually sort of scale it out like that. And most corporate training purchasers are you know, very accustomed to, to that sort of model. Okay. That makes sense. Now I know within the whole course creation arena or whatever, the people who are like the known experts in that, they tend to do the whole like launch mm-hmm. and then it's only open for a certain amount of time and then they close it and they relaunch it versus an evergreen where it's just always open. What are your recommendations or thoughts on that or the pros and cons to either of those? I'm a fan of creating at least some level of scarcity, whether it is really holding off and only launching a couple of times a year or whether it's not just right there and people can get it at any time. They at least have to have signed up and had some sort of interaction with you before they're going to be you know, introduced to it, that sort of thing. But so much comes down to the type of course it is and your type of audience and and whether it, it makes more sense to do that big launch or if there really is you know persistent day in and day out demand for people like if you're in a field where a large number of people are just having to they're at a point where they're having to upscale on whatever it is that, that, that you're offering there's just a continual flow of people who need to do that then that sort of perennial access at any time type offering is probably a good thing because people are likely to make that decision at any point If on the other hand, you've got an audience where they've got to mentally and emotionally build up to the idea of making the kind of spend that you're going to ask them to make on investing in their own education, which is often the case. You're selling to people, if you're selling like a $15,000, $2,000 course to a small business, that often takes some persuasion. They've got to convince themselves as much as you've got to convince them that, that this is worth them investing in. In those cases, I think a launch is, is a good way to go because you've got to build up that momentum and get them to the point where they're willing to say, yes, I believe in myself. I believe right now is the time to do this. I believe in this course. I'm willing to put down my $1,500 to do this. It's going to be much harder to get that kind of sale if it's just sort of up there on any day. And they think, well, I can come back tomorrow and think about it. And, and of course they won't. So. Mm, yeah, those are good points. So On your website, you talk about the four critical components of a successful product launch. Can you go over those? With any product launch, the launch itself is the tip of the iceberg, kind of the thing that everybody sees, but so much has had to happen before that for that launch to to actually be successful. I mean, it starts with what you were asking about at the the beginning of, of this conversation, Sarah, of really understanding what it is that's that's going to work for your marketplace. I, I talk about the combination of market means and motivation. For me, that's sort of the lens through which I clarify strategy. For most experts that, that we're going to work with, they, they kind of have the means, meaning that they know their stuff. They, they've got the, the, the topic mastered. They know what to teach people, but then they have to figure out, okay, what am I really motivated to do? For example, I know an awful lot about online course platforms. I've never actually created a course about online course platforms because to be honest, when I think about it, I'm like, I really don't want to do that. I mean, I've been consulting and coaching and and speaking about online course platforms, writing about them for 20 years. I just don't want to make a course. I I don't have the motivation there to do it, even though I have the means, I've got the the knowledge and I've, you know, I've got plenty to invest and and, and that sort of thing. And then the third one is is the market. And that's what we were talking about earlier is making sure that market is actually there. So you can say, okay, I know all of this about this type of leadership. I'm really motivated to do this. Are the people actually there to, to do it? So it's doing all of that groundwork from that 
building an experience that's that's truly going to have an impact. And this is a big thing now, you know, going into any sort of launch situation. The last year has changed so much because people have gotten so much more experience with online education. They know so much more and their expectations have shot. Most of the stuff they're thinking, you know, I'm not sitting through another Zoom webinar. I'm not sitting through another page clicker uh, online course. I'm certainly not going to pay for them. You know, so how do you both create something that truly is going to make learning happen, going to have impact? And how do you convince them that you've done that by, you know, making sure you're getting that good social proof any data you can about, you know, how this is is going to, to work. And then going through that process of piloting and, you know, fine tuning to build up to launch. And then finally, I'm not even sure this is in the post that, that you referenced. It's something I'm much bigger on now or much more tuned into really building that launch network. I've got a good colleague, Tom Poland, who's big on selling with webinars. And, you know, I think as, as tired as we are, both emails and webinars, they still work if you do them right. But his big thing is tapping other people's networks. So if other people have an audience that align with your audience, line up as many of those people as you can, figure out ways that you're going to be able to help them. But when you go to launch, you need all of those people behind you. I'm, I'm actually involved in a launch right now that we're the, the guy who's doing it. I mean, he's brilliant. He's gotten all these other networks lined up. He's got a leaderboard, you know, among the people who are participating in launching. This is a very competitive group. So they all want to see themselves go up the leaderboard. They've all got big networks. He's got thousands and thousands of people signed up for his course at this point because he took the time to kind of line up that network. So that whole post is really about, you know, everything that's below the tip of the pyramid, just putting the structures, the foundation in place that when you do finally press that launch button, it's not really a question of whether it's going to launch or not. You, you know it's going to launch and, and, and it's going to bring in the returns. Mm-hmm. So speaking of webinars, do you think that those are necessary required almost these days in order to sell a course? I mean, I know they still work, but is it kind of a prerequisite? I think it's pretty hard, particularly for a high ticket course to sell. I mean, certainly you need the video lead up to the kind of traditional Jeff Walker type stuff, product formula launch type thing. But I think that I think now the live thing is is just so much more powerful and more important to actually be live with people and not just talking through PowerPoints. I mean, being live like, you know, we are right now really being in dialogue with your, you know, your prospective buyers and, and truly demonstrating through that live interaction with them that you've got the goods, you've got the stuff. I mean, that, that's what they want to see. That's what a webinar is good for. Is it, yeah, you want all your testimonials, you want all these other people saying you're great, but if they can see you live on screen, talking with them, taking their questions, showing them what you have to offer, doing that really well. I mean, there's just very few things that are going to help you sell a course more than that at at this point. So what about like evergreen webinars? I guess, because if it's evergreen, then you can't really have that direct, you know, conversation with them, but do those still work at all? I think they're still very useful and and particularly for, you know, lower price courses, that may be fine. That may be all, all you need. You know, I'm thinking more of the above a thousand dollar point for the for the course you may still want that evergreen funnel going definitely but then you might want to top it off with uh you know here's here's the live session with sarah to answer your questions some of those really key selling points they're not mutually exclusive by any stretch you can you can certainly do both and i, and I think whether it's webinars or, or, or videos or whatever it is that you have in terms of evergreen content to keep pulling people to you until you get if you're going to do a launch you know you need those tools out there that keep pulling those people to you so that when it comes to launch time when it comes to time for the live workshops you've got them lined up and and, and really you know eager because it's i mean it's not trivial just to get people to a free webinar for that 
matter. You kind of have to sell the webinar in order to have the webinar to sell the course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like a multi-step process. You had mentioned, you know, networking or getting other people using their audiences. How does that work exactly? Is it kind of with the leaderboards and all that? Is that like they send it out to their list and then if someone on their list signs up for the course, they get a commission or how does that work? It can vary. In, in some cases, it'll be commission-driven. There will be you know, affiliate commissions involved. In, in other cases, you're just trading out from a marketing standpoint. I mentioned Tom Poland earlier, the, you know, the guy who really is big on this whole other people's network thing. I have actually done some affiliate things for, for Tom, but the, I mean, the way we started out, we're both capable of getting more than 100 people to a webinar. That's sort of the, the threshold that, that, that we work with in terms of we're going to trade networks with. So I know that if I promote one of Tom's webinars to his audience, He's going to get more than 100 signups from my list, you know, for that webinar. And then he's going to do the same thing for me. And I'm going to get more than 100 people to my list. And that's the, you know, that can often be the trade. There's no, no commission involved or anything. You're just, you're just helping each other build your list. But then other times there are commissions involved. Like I said, there's been a case where I've promoted one of his products and I'm sure he would do that for me in in the future. And in that case, uh, I would get a commission based on the, the sales of that product. That makes sense. Okay. So earlier you were talking about how people to know if what they're creating their course on is even going to sell, do some Google searches and things like that. Well, what if they feel like there's too many courses on that topic? Is there such a thing? And then how do they stand out or differentiate themselves from the other courses on that topic? It's pretty rare for me to think that too many courses is is a problem. I mean, it's nice if if it doesn't seem like the market's flooded, but you know, when a market's flooded with courses, it means there's something there. Enough people have seen the opportunity. And so that's when you do, you have to dig in and say, okay, how am I going to differentiate? I think a lot of times experts will think that their content, what they know, the knowledge they're going to share is, is what's going to differentiate them. Nine times out of 10, they don't really know anything different from anybody else. They're all concerned with protecting their intellectual property and that sort of thing. Don't worry about that. I mean, what's unique about your course? It's your story. It's how you relate to the world. It's how you present yourself on screen. This is another reason that you know something like a live webinar is so important because people are thinking, hmm, you know, is, is Sarah the type of person I relate to that I would want to go through a, a course with? There might be 50 other courses, but if they like you and it feels like you know what you're talking about and 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 are just a good person to work with, they're going to go with you. So you have to figure some of those things out that differentiate you. You need to invest more in, in building those networks that we were just talking about than, than maybe you would have otherwise to really stand out. You may need to double down more on SEO and, and social media, some of those tactical things. I think if you see a lot of courses in the market that you're aiming for, I, I usually take that as a good sign. And it just it just means you need to sharpen your pencil and figure out how you stand out in a market that's clearly there. Those are some good points. And I guess in a way, I mean, not everyone is going to even know about all the other course options. So your course might be the one that they, I mean, because they, exactly. yeah, so there, there's that to take into consideration as well. So, well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your time today. And if people want to learn more, they can go to learningrevolution.net or that free guide that you'd mentioned forward slash free guide. And then I'll have show notes at the com forward slash Jeff Cobb. And was there anything else that you wanted to touch on that we hadn't yet? No, this has been a great conversation. I mean, I just always encourage people, if you think you've got a, a course or a learning experience, it doesn't have to be a course. It can be in a, a membership community. Or, or, or whatever. But if you feel like you've got knowledge to, to share with the world, figure out where that, moti- where that motivation is, do that market work and just get out there and, and try it. And be prepared as with any sort of entrepreneurship to be flexible and to adapt along the way as you learn. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thank you, Sarah. It's great. Be sure to grab your free copy of my list of 27 tools, resources, and software programs I use to run my businesses on a tight budget. You can get it at thesarahstjohn.com forward slash 27 tools. That's T-H-E-S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N dot com forward slash 27 tools. Are you a frugalpreneur looking to connect with like-minded individuals? Join our community on Slack, connect with fellow listeners, share your thoughts on episodes, engage in meaningful discussions, including money-saving tips and entrepreneurial insights, and help shape the future of the Frugalpreneur podcast. Plus, you can submit your questions in written or audio form to be featured on the show. Let's build a supportive space together. Join us now at frugal.show forward slash slack. See you on the inside.